Welcome to Living Water Radio. There are things to be thankful for all around us during this pandemic. Sometimes they're kind of weird. We just have to look. Today, we'll help you see them. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Paul Horning, the Hall of Fame running back for the Green Bay Packers during the Vince Lombardi years, the golden boy, died recently at age 84. I am thankful for that because I almost killed him in 1965. I was driving home late at night, traveling north on 8th Street in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, my hometown, just past fellow Green Bay Packer Fuzzy Thurston's Steakhouse, the left end, in slushy snow that was starting to freeze. It was a time when a cool outfit for men was black everything, and suddenly from the corner of my eye I saw a man with blonde hair dressed in black step out between two parked cars right in front of me and then lurch back with a surprised expression on his unmistakable face. I was also stunned. I thought, that was Paul Horning. I almost hit Paul Horning. I could have killed Paul Horning. But even if I had only injured him, there would be no safe place for me. I would have to move. My family would probably have to move. I would not have to move out of town or out of state. I would have had to move off the face of the earth. There would be no safe place for me. That's why the first thing I want to say that I am thankful for is that Paul Horning lived a long life. The second thing I want to say that I am thankful for is for the liturgical year. Yes, that is an odd thing to be thankful for, until you think about it. I saw a picture of a liturgical colander a few weeks ago. Do you know what a colander is? It strains out what you don't want and leaves what is good for you. The liturgical calendar is what infuses time with meaning. It is observed in some form in most churches, and a new liturgical year starts this coming Sunday. The liturgical year has two cycles, the Christmas cycle and the Easter cycle, and a long season, technically it's not a season, of reflection on what it means to be the body of Christ, the church in the world. Each cycle has three parts— a season of reflection and preparation, a season of the event itself, and a season of reflection and application. The Christmas cycle begins with Advent, which means coming, that prepares us for Christmas, the coming of Jesus Christ, God made flesh, and is followed by a season of reflection and application called Epiphany, which means a manifestation or sudden inbreaking. It is followed by the Easter cycle, which begins with Lent, a time of self-denial or additional acts of service that prepares us for Holy Week and Easter Sunday, the torture and death of Jesus on the cross for the sins of all humanity, and his resurrection, his taking his life back again, followed by the season of Easter, a time of reflection and application. That is followed by the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the Christian Church, and a time of reflection and application on what it means to be a Christian. That takes us back to Advent with a few special festivals sprinkled throughout the liturgical year. 
Half the liturgical year is the Christmas and Easter cycles, and half the liturgical year is the time after the day of Pentecost, or what some churches call ordinary time. The liturgical colander reminds us to let our living relationship with the one true living God, our faith, to feed us and to strain out all the evil that this past year has brought. The liturgical calendar reminds us that time is a creation of God, it is in God's hands, and that it has meaning that has been made known to us in Jesus Christ. This year, the year 2020, I am especially thankful for that. Our current surge in new coronavirus cases come just as we celebrate Thanksgiving, and over 50 million Americans will be traveling to holiday destinations. In addition, the flu season and the colder and wetter weather that will place a damper on outdoor activities are beginning. Some are predicting a twindemic of the flu and the coronavirus this season. Our previous indifference to the simple things that could keep people alive and jumpstart our economy has resulted in stay-at-home orders similar to those we experienced months ago. It will probably be January before the first COVID-19 vaccines are given. Most will be given in two stages, several weeks apart, and then it will take about a month before they are fully effective. So it would likely be around June of next year before we have a substantial part of our population benefiting from the vaccine. The flu shots are being given right now. Sally and I encourage you to get your flu shot ASAP. So what do we have to be thankful for in a very rough year in the midst of a lethal and debilitating global pandemic? The LA area where we live is the most infected area in the country as of last Monday. Yesterday, it was reported that one out of every 145 residents of LA County can infect others with the coronavirus. Let's take a look at what we can be thankful for. I found out this week that a colleague was a part of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine study and was in the group that received the vaccine that has shown itself to be 95% plus effective. He will soon be allowed to bring Sunday worship services to a local Lutheran retirement home. I'm thankful for that. Soon the first people will be getting that vaccine in a mass inoculation, and by the middle of next year or so, we should have enough people who have been inoculated that we should be seeing a reasonable version of the new normal. I'm thankful for that. Today we live in a country where we are free, where most people are seeking the common good. If you look out your window right now, I would guess you do not see a war going on. Our military shows up every day. Our law enforcement officers, firefighters, paramedics, 9-11 dispatchers, and EMTs protect and serve in a challenging environment under difficult circumstances. They show up every day. Our hospitals are nearing capacity, and doctors, nurses, therapists, researchers, and other frontline workers are stressed, burned out, and fatigued, but they are still showing up every day. Truck drivers who bring things to our home and stores and workers at every level of the food-providing chain are showing up. I am thankful for all of them. Pastors and church leaders are still showing up. Hardware store workers are still showing up. I'm thankful for them all. Very thankful. Sally and I are thankful for each other, for our son, thankful for our larger families, for our health and for the opportunities each of us has been given to serve to God's glory. And 
with a text I was reminded of this week during devotions in a Zoom meeting, for which I'm sort of thankful. In the words of Paul to the young church at Philippi, the Philippians, the first chapter beginning at the third verse. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because you're sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Today, let's remember to pray for truck drivers, food industry and food service workers, and all those who work to provide essential services at both great risk and great sacrifice for others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>